want to enslave you. They want to steal your liberty, your freedom. Burn down the foundations of our country to the ground. They'll disarm you, empty the prisons, lock you in your home. They want to control what you see and think. It's a horror film, really. It's madness. No one will be safe. Socialists poisoning our schools and burning our cities. Murders, shootings. The lawless destruction. Left-wing anarchy and mayhem. Spawns of Satan. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Oh, sounds scary. And that was last week. What are we going to have this week? Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. That's why. I got the feeling from pacifica radio in los angeles this is the broadcast as heard on kpfk 90.7 fm in la 98.7 in santa barbara 93.7 in san diego and 99.5 FM in Ridgecrest and China Lake, California. Also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains, KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. In Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, and Eugene's KEPW. Out in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP. In Grand Rapids on WPRR, in New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ. Up in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day for your listening convenience on the internets. On the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn... Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Deprogrammed Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, We got a pretty big show here, (laughs) Uh, I think. We'll see pulling everything together in the last few minutes as we try to figure out what the hell is going on because, once again, there was a lot happening both over the weekend and already today. As our long national nightmare continues, it's a sprint toward the never more critical November 3rd election, though that election is already underway. If time allows later in this hour, I hope to open the phones to your calls on any number of things from the uh, from over the weekend and even on last week's creepy Republican National Convention you heard a little bit of there at the top of the show. Uh, when the president of the United States unlawfully used the White House, the U.S. Marines and other taxpayer owned and funded properties and people to ultimately offer a 70 minute live filled speech to a couple thousand maskless supporters on the White House lawn who were packed, jam packed. Shoulder to shoulder, as if the COVID crisis did not even exist. 
Despite the news today that now more than six million Americans have been confirmed as having been infected by the coronavirus, and well over 180,000 have been killed by it, with about a uh, thousand Americans a day, each and every day, still dying. But everything's fine. Why worry? Uh, I'll be happy to get your thoughts on that. And uh, as we discussed at the end of our show on Friday, don't know if I'll get to it today, uh, but uh, we talked with my guests on Friday, Heather Digby-Parton and Richard Eskow, whether uh, Joe Biden should refuse to debate Donald Trump or not for various reasons. Uh, We can also discuss the ongoing protests around the country against police violence and systemic racism following the shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and the execution of two protesters by a 17-year-old Trump-supporting police fanboy in the city last week, as well as the still-unexplained killing of a Trump supporter who had been trolling protesters in Portland over the weekend. Uh, And today, I'm happy to note, Donald Trump's first national security advisor, Michael Flynn, who pleaded guilty to several felonies, including lying to federal investigators about his contacts with Russia before Donald Trump's inauguration, but then later tried to change his story, change his plea as Trump's fixer, Attorney General Bill Barr, uh, tried to dismiss the uh, charges that were uh, successfully filed by the DOJ. Uh, He tried to uh, change them for bogus reasons meant to essentially protect the president. Well, in that case today, a federal court of appeals on Monday agreed by a vote of eight to two that, yes, a lower court judge may in fact hold a hearing to determine if the Department of Justice's reasons for attempting to dismiss the charges were in fact inappropriate and perhaps even unlawful. I will be happy to hear from you on any of those things in a bit or on what I'm about to talk about with my guests momentarily. Our number will be 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK, if you want to queue up now. But uh, as all of these nightmares continue, I continue to see only one thing. Just one thing that helps us move out of this nightmare to potentially stave off a complete turn from representative democracy or our version of it to a fascist autocracy, and that is the November 3rd election. So once again today, we are going to start there. If you haven't checked your voter registration lately to make sure that you're still on the on the voter rolls and, by the way, with the correct address, here is your reminder to do so again. Do it right now. Do it today. If you live in California, you can do that via the Secretary of State's website at voterstatus.sos.ca.gov. Got that? Voterstatus.sos. .ca.gov, where you can also sign up right now, today, for ballot tracking. So you can see when your vote-by-mail ballot is headed your way and when it gets back to your county headquarters and when it's approved for uh, counting by optical scan computers, etc. You can uh, sign up uh, for uh, email, text, or even phone call alerts, I believe. Um, And other states provide similar services, not all of them, but uh, some others. I find the tool created by the Progressive Democrats of America at 2020VotersCalendar.org 
to be very useful for all sorts of information, including deadlines, links, etc., in all 50 states. That's 2020voterscalendar.org. Here in Los Angeles County, however, the nation's most populous voting jurisdiction, it is huge. In fact, it is larger than about, uh, I can't remember if it's 32 or 35 actual full states. Uh, Even though all active registered voters here in L.A. County and across the state are supposed to be automatically sent a mail-in ballot this year, some for whatever reason, may not receive one or they may prefer for any number of reasons to vote in person instead at the polling places. Or they simply may have no choice but need to do so. Incredibly enough, just 64 days before the most important election of our lifetimes, but who's counting, and perhaps in the nation's history, the brand new $300 million unverifiable Los Angeles County touchscreen voting machines that failed so miserably during our primaries earlier this year, those systems have not yet even been fully certified for use by the Secretary of State here in California after they failed so disastrously back on March 3rd in the Super Tuesday primary, leading to voters being turned away or forced to stand on hours-long lines. Today, a uh, hearing of sorts for public comment concerning the new and theoretically improved county-owned voting systems called Voting Solutions for All People, or the VSAP system. Uh, this hearing was, was, was held after new testing commissioned by the Secretary of State's office found continuing failures of L.A. County's terrible new touchscreen and electronic poll book systems. You may recall earlier this year, we broke the news here on, uh, on this show, Uh, in Los Angeles on this program that independent certification testers hired by the California Secretary of State before the primary, uh, that's California Secretary of State Alex Padilla, uh, they were hired to look at this new polling place voting system, which was 10 years in development. Well, they discovered more than 40 problems, 40 problems with the new VSAP systems that failed to meet California voting system standards. Nonetheless, Secretary Padilla conditionally certified the new systems for use anyway in the primary with a few conditions, such as certain problems must be corrected on them before they could be used again this November. Well, a lot of good that did for voters on March 3rd, of course, when the systems failed in voting center after voting center across the county. Among the many failures with the systems discovered by the independent testers, At the time, at the beginning of the year, um, we reported here on the Bradcast and at bradblog.com. For example, the VSAP system could be booted from a USB drive that would bypass all security and logging protections altogether and allow someone to get to the master account with which you can do a whole bunch of things. Uh, That means, uh, as the tester said, that excessive access and the ability to boot the system from a USB port gives access to the system by unauthorized individuals. The unrestricted access to and the ability to boot from the USB port allows access, in fact, to voting data, they found. Many problems were discovered with uh, security regarding encryption and cryptography in the new system. The testers discovered that it is possible to insert or remove ballots from 
both the uh, ballot marking devices, uh, uh, ballot transfer boxes, they call them. You could take out a ballot without detection from these little boxes that are attached to the back of these touchscreen systems. The printer, there's a printer attached to them as well. The printer cover allows access to the ballot box and can be opened without detection, they found. Seals and locks and labels and sensors can all be bypassed without detection, they discovered. And yet, the Secretary of State said, sure, go ahead, use them anyway in uh, the March 3rd primary. The system, which provides a touchscreen touchscreen for voters to select candidates and then prints out a paper ballot said to represent those choices before then sucking that paper back into the system to be scanned by yet another computer later in the process, well, that system had serious paper jam issues as well, as the computer-printed paper ballots moved in and out of the printing mechanism. Those problems then occurred across the entire county during the March 3rd Super Tuesday primary. Those paper jams exacerbated the already long lines and sapped voter confidence, uh, which was already being tested after the new electronic poll book systems in the polling place had replaced paper poll books, Uh, They also failed when those systems could not sync up with the Internet, meaning that people could not vote at all. That led to long lines, disenfranchised voters and some who were unable to cast their ballots until well after midnight. In short, it was a debacle that you'd probably have heard more about at this point had it not been for the covid crisis, which hit hard just a few days after that March election. Instead of giving up on the system back then uh, and after they failed in March and moving to a cheaper, more reliable, voter-verifiable, hand-marked paper ballot uh, system at the polling place, the uh, brainchild of the VSAP system, that would be L.A. County Registrar, Recorder, and County Clerk Dean Logan, uh, he used to come on this program to discuss voting matters in L.A. County. He will no longer even talk to me or answer my questions since I was one of the very first people who were warning about this system for years, frankly, before it became the disaster that it is. Well, instead of cutting bait and moving to a hand-marked paper ballot system uh, for all at the polling place after the disastrous primary, Dean Logan decided to double down even as the state moved to send absentee ballots to all active registered voters this year. But he's going to stick with the system, with the same system at the polling place that failed so miserably just months ago. Uh, As noted, some do need to use those systems because perhaps they are disabled and they can't independently uh, fill out an absentee ballot on their own, or some may not trust the vote-by-mail system. Even though it's a far more reliable system, and if you don't trust the U.S. Postal Service right now, you'd have good reason not to. But at least if you're in L.A. County, um, you can uh, deliver your mail-in ballot to an early voting site or to the polls on Election Day or to one of many drop boxes across the county. That's if you're in L.A. County and in much of California, you can do the same. Check your own local jurisdictions, however in other states for various drop-off options for mail-in ballots, uh, which I do recommend, always recommend, even when the Postal Service isn't slowing things down. I always recommend that if you vote with a uh, hand-marked absentee ballot that you deliver it somehow in person if possible. 
Others, of course, may not receive their uh, mail-in ballot for any number of reasons or may have it spoiled. It may, you know, when they voted, they may have made an accident, so they may need to try again on a new ballot at the polling place. A lot of reasons why people still need to be able to go to polling places out here in California, even with vote-by-mail ballots being sent to all active registered voters. Well, after the, dis- the disaster on March 3rd, Logan promised... Los Angeles County supervisors that he would fix all of the problems from the primary before the general election and that we should just trust him. For some reason, the Board of Supervisors here in L.A., along with the Secretary of State, they decided they would trust him. All of those folks, by the way, ignored the many warnings from computer security and voting systems experts about the vulnerability of these systems before they went south last March. Nonetheless, the supervisors and the secretary of state, they took Logan at his word. Oh, sure, he'll take care of all the problems. Why worry, even though we're heading to the largest and most important election in this nation's history in November? All of those folks, they are all culpable here as they have been longtime supporters of this system, which I could have and did tell them would not serve the purposes needed by voters here in Los Angeles. And now... It's time for Secretary Padilla to decide if he will certify the new upgraded VSAP, VSAP 2.1, they call it, for use this November after changes were made following the primary to supposedly improve the system. Well, these systems are uh, important, by the way, to more than just Los Angeles County and even uh, to more than just California. This system, 10 years ago, was pitched at the time misleadingly as the first publicly owned voting system that would use open source software and that could then be used or sold to other counties and other states around the country who've all been now eagerly watching to see how things work out with this new system in case that they, too, want to move to 100% unverifiable, if publicly owned, voting systems. As far as open source goes, well, that never really happened. So far, even though they promised this would be an open source system, they have disclosed none of the code that is used for these systems. So there are big stakes for the entire nation as to what happens with this system in November here in L.A. County. And guess what? The new tests... The new tests of the new VSAP 2.1 system, Uh, those results just released by the Secretary of State, once again, are not good. According to documents just published on the Secretary of State's website, for example, uh, in the reliability testing for the VSAP 2.1 system, the testers found what they described as timid feeds. What are timid feeds? Well, out of 5,000 ballots that were fed into the ballot marking device uh, units during testing, 149 of those systems experienced timid feeds or errors warranting the ballot to be refed into the device. 149 timid feeds occurred in 23 of the 50 units that they tested. So, yes... About half of them. Testers would sometimes attempt to force the ballot or would pull the ballot back after the device began to gently pull the ballot into the device. And when the testers did one of those two things, the BMD would appear to pull the ballot back in, but then immediately uh, eject it. 
There were also errors with the QR codes that are printed on the ballots. One of the biggest concerns about these ballot marking device systems here in Los Angeles and everywhere else where they use similar ballot marking device systems, these touchscreen systems that computer print your ballots. Uh, One of the big concerns is that while they print a human-readable version of your choices on the ballot, in theory, that's not what is tallied by the systems. The scanners Don't read the human-readable choices that you may or may not have verified. They actually read a QR code, a barcode, that is supposed to represent your vote, even though there is no way for the voter to actually confirm if that barcode, that Q card, actually does represent your vote. That's just one of the reasons when these uh, systems are, you know, used, they are 100 percent unverifiable because the voter can't know at the end of the day if the system actually reflects the voter intent. So, you know, in fact, recent studies find that more than 90 percent of voters do not notice when a system like this has changed one of their votes on the printout. And I'm talking about even the human readable portion of the printout. In any event, during the testing, Uh, of these so-called new and improved VSAP systems. According to the testers, five of the BMDs, ballot marking devices, encountered a QR code not read error upon inserting uh, the ballot into the ballot box. Further examination of the ballots determined that the QR codes printed on the ballots used to activate the voting session, yes, they use a QR code for that as well, that those were skewed when they were printed, and that caused random anomalies in several of the machines. One BMD unit, for example, would intermittently reject seemingly valid QR codes entirely. When inserting the ballot, the feeder would start to take the ballot in and then it would reject it. The BMD was then rebooted to see if that would help it work. Well, the device continued to reject the ballots. And then, yes, paper jams. Those happened as well. One device encountered a blank screen and a paper jam after the testers initially inserted the ballot. The ballot was removed. But the screen remained blank. As directed by the California Secretary of State, the testers noted that this report does not include any recommendation as to whether or not the system should be improved. Why did they not allow the testers to give that recommendation? I have no idea. It's a silly thing to do, it would seem, to not have a recommendation when you've got the most crucial November election coming up. And the people who have worked with it the most, but no, they... For some reason, Secretary Padilla did not want that information. Hi, Desi Doyen, our our producer. I didn't get to say (laughs) hi. Uh, Today, voters, however, had the chance to ring in a little bit on whether these new systems should be improved. As a virtual public comment period was held for, well, it was supposed to be two hours. I think it went much longer earlier on Monday as dozens of election integrity groups and computer scientists and other stakeholders attempt to force at least moderate mitigations to this system uh, to some of the worst aspects of it before it's used again in early voting in just a few weeks and on Election Day on November 3rd. As smart 
elections.us wrote to their national members via email over the weekend. The L.A. Voting Solutions for All People voting system had a disastrous debut in the March primary. It failed multiple security tests and launched tests and launched with a design flaw condemned by experts as defective. It is, they note, a touchscreen system that does not allow voters to use hand-marked paper ballots and therefore is not recommended by security experts. On Monday morning, the Secretary of State's office uh, was to be holding the one and only planned online hearing on whether to certify L.A.'s new system to be used in a matter of weeks. They called on uh, Secretary Padilla to require serious uh, security flaws to be fixed before giving their final before he gives his final certification. The group goes on to cite a demand letter written by the California Clean Money Campaign and signed, as I said, by dozens of other groups and voting systems experts as they rallied voters to ring in on the new system that is likely to be used again here in Los Angeles. But it may be coming to an election near you in the near future unless it can somehow be blocked or at least improved, if that's even possible, here in Los Angeles. Joining us now to discuss today's one and only public comment session with the Secretary of State and the demands put forward in the group's sign-on letter is Lulu Freistad, an Emmy Award-winning and Edward R. Murrow Award-winning journalist and documentary filmmaker, who has made a number of films um, on the woeful state of our electronic voting system. She is now the co-founder of SmartElections.us, a nonpartisan project dedicated to elevating the issue of election reform to an urgent national priority, which it certainly is. Lulu Freistad, welcome back to the broadcast, Lulu. Brad, that was highly informational. Thank you so much for all of that. <laughs> no problem. I'm, I'm really serious. I especially appreciate that you actually went through and read the new security reports because I haven't had time to read, you know, to really go through them thoroughly. And uh, that's just really, really important information to see what the, and hear what the testers are actually finding. And yeah, that was just some. That was just some of what they are finding, uh, Lulu. Uh, and there, there was much more, but I wanted to sort of, you know, get to you as quickly as possible because you uh, and the letter that you signed along with the uh, California uh, Clean Money Campaign and other uh, election integrity folks found even more issues that are still in play that you guys wanted to focus on in this uh, call with the Secretary of State. What Was the Secretary of State even uh, listening to this public comment period? Was he available on this uh, call this afternoon? Padilla was not on the call, and one of the speakers actually asked point blank if he was going to be given these comments or if he would be listening, and the organizer of the call avoided the question initially, but then did say that there's a, a transcript and that the transcript would be provided to Secretary of State Padilla. There, I hope that he does read it because the comments were exceptional. Just speaker after speaker, some of the best election security people in the country came on the call, Susan Greenhall, Emily Levy, mm -hmm. uh, Garland Favorito, people who I know have been on your show yep. and spoke eloquently about really how serious this is. And even in terms of these tests, these, you know, the issues that the testers are finding, and I noted 
F, the representative from SLI actually mentioned some at the beginning. He admitted that the system had not passed all of their tests, and he listed some of the ones that they had problems with. And he kind of tried to minimize them, uh, but the ones that I noted were, one was error checking. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Yep. Error checking. Yep. That's like how many noise the system is accurate. They had a problem with error checking. I'd like to hear more about that. Mm-hmm. They had functional security issues and encryption issues. All of those seem very serious to me. They are very serious. Again, Let me I, ask... I, let, yeah. let me ask you, uh, Lulu, uh, because one of the biggest, most troubling aspects of this system, uh, I didn't even mention yet in that uh, intro there, and that is uh, the fact that, and I'll let you explain it, because you guys actually in this letter come up with a reasonable solution. But uh, these, uh, I mentioned the touchscreen systems that you you know select the candidates that you want, and the computer then prints out on your ballot a piece of paper that that come that gets printed out from the printer you're supposed to be able to look at it you're supposed to be able to verify it we know that most people do not bother to verify it but in theory you can look at that paper and say yes that's who i like that's who i wanted to vote for then you push a button and it sucks the paper back into the machine and it goes into a a ballot box where it's later collected and counted by another computer but there's a big problem with that paper coming out from the printer and then going back in. Do you want to explain what that what that problem is? I will explain it. It is very, very important. And if people want a diagram of what I'm talking about, you can go to our website, smartelections.us, and under voting equipment, that pull-down menu, select VSAP. And we have a photo, an image there. It's called a schematic. That's a diagram that shows how the paper ballot travels inside the machine when Mm -hmm. you put it back into the machine. It actually goes under the printer head. And this is very, very bad. And the reason why it's bad is because if a piece of paper goes under a printer head, then the printer can print on it. Now, you as a voter have already cast your ballot, and so you don't want after that point, you don't want the computer printing on it. It might print more votes that you for candidates you didn't vote for. Yep. It might print votes on, on areas where you already voted for a candidate and um, null, you know, nullify your vote yep. by, by turning it into an overvote. So we don't want that. And one of the things that was good about the letter that Smart Elections signed on to is that it listed some specific mitigations that might help with some of these issues. And I really have to shout out to um, Trent Lange, who is the president of uh, California Clean Money Campaign, mm-hmm. tremendous leader and organizer who put this letter together and is focused on the details. So the suggestion that was um, put forward in the letter, and I hope that Padilla and Dean Logan do absolutely implement this, is to use regular ballot boxes. Just take the voter's ballot, Yep. once you have it, and put it in a standard ballot box. That way it doesn't have to go under the printer head. So just to be clear, I want to make sure people understand that, because it's just, I I can't even believe that we're even looking at a system like this uh, anywhere, much less here in the largest voting jurisdiction in the nation, but there are other ballot marking devices that do something similar, where the voter approves the paper, approves what's on it, and then it goes back literally under the print heads where anything could be added or changed, and you would never know because you have already given the thumbs up 
uh, to what was printed uh, the first time. Uh, the um, Dr. Phil Stark, Philip Stark, the uh, University of California. Uh, Berkeley professor who's a voting systems expert. He's been on the show as well. He said that the design of these systems is defective from a security perspective. The paper path for casting the ballot should not include the print heads. The ballot box should be physically separate from the BMD. Uh, or at least not in the same path uh, as the printer. So the solution that they've come up with, uh, the California uh, clean money folks have suggested, is just to not send it back through, but take that piece of paper and just put it in a separate ballot box somewhere else? Well, I think it's a good it's a good solution in terms of just... They, they're going to mm-hmm. have to use these machines, Brad. Yep. Their previous machines were decertified, and this is what they've got right now. So you've got the machine printing out the ballot, take the ballot, and put it in a regular ballot box. Don't put it under the printer head. So you've at least solved that security issue as long as the other ballot boxes are monitored and mm-hmm. carefully sealed. You know, then you can take those ballots yeah. and count them. You. Uh, you know, California counts all its ballots centrally anyway, mm-hmm. and it's also going to speed up the lines because one of the things that's holding up the lines is all of these um, BMDs jamming. The paper jams, said, yeah. When the paper's coming back. So it's going to improve the lines. And then let me just tell you some of the other mitigations that are suggested. It's a very strong letter, mm-hmm. and if you have people who are part of election security groups or election reform groups that want to sign on, mm-hmm. um, they can email us at contact at smartelections.us. We are, we are still accepting signatures. Okay. And uh, the, the other mitigation suggested to make sure that voters have hand-marked paper ballots available there when they vote in person. Yep. This is basic. Hand-marked paper ballots are the gold standard for secure, that security experts recommend, and it's not hard to provide them either with ballot-on-demand machines or pre-printed ballots. And that they should absolutely be available to voters in L.A., and voters should be encouraged to use hand-marked paper ballots mm-hmm. if they're able to mark by hand. So that's suggested in the letter. Mm-hmm. We need to deal with the QR codes. It is not secure to have the vote encoded in a QR code. You listed at the beginning of the call some of the problems with QR codes. It's You can just think about how barcodes work in a common sense way, and you will know that you don't want your vote in a barcode. And the the very simple way to think about this is if you have a jug of detergent and it's on sale and the sale goes through Tuesday, up through Tuesday, they'll charge you $1.99 when they scan that barcode. And then on Wednesday, the sale's gone and the barcode is reprogrammed. And when they scan your jug of detergent, they're going to charge you $2.50. Why? Because the barcode can be read differently. It could be read for one thing, could be read for another. Your vote, if it's in a barcode, could be read for Trump, could be read for Biden. Your vote read as intended. So one of the demands of the letter is that they they eliminate the barcodes and the counting of votes. And let me just say the other thing in the letter, which is also good, Mm -hmm. is to actually make the source code open source, which is what it was promised to be, an open source system. Of course. I think it's a great letter, and I encourage people to support it. Uh, And um, I think it can at least make a difference. It doesn't mean that I support this type of system. Mm -hmm. And and we know this type of system is not being put forward just in California, but in New York, in Pennsylvania, in Wisconsin, in Georgia. We know all over the country, these systems have been certified, and it's very, very concerning. So Smart Elections does not support ballot marking devices for all, and we are working actively 
to find other secure options for safe. But we have got to mitigate things. Here we are, you know, just weeks before people start actually voting on these systems. It is shameful, in my opinion. By the way, out in Colorado, where they also use uh, ballot marking devices at the polling places, they have made it unlawful. They've disallowed the use of QR codes and other printed barcodes, uh, saying that they are, in fact, a threat to election security and verifiability of ballots. That's Colorado. California, on the other hand, not so much. It's all buried in uh, QR codes. Let me um, right. bring add to this conversation. Lulu, let me. Can I grab one sure, thing sure. on that? Sure, sure, sure. Because we had a really interesting conversation on our election security forum, which mm-hmm. I also encourage people to come to every other Tuesday night. We're having election security forums. Find them on our, our website, smartelections.us. But at the, the last one, Dwight Shellman, who mm-hmm. is uh, the county manager of all the um, it, all of the counties in the election division in Colorado, Colorado yeah. he made a really great point to us, which is that Colorado is using the same ballot marking devices as Georgia, the, the, the Dominion mm-hmm. ICX. Yep. But Colorado has gotten Dominion to adapt them so that they are more secure. They have removed the barcodes, mm-hmm. and so the, and they're following the uh, Dominion is adapted the machines to follow all of the Colorado security protocols. So Georgia, if they wanted to, could pass the same legislation as Colorado and become a secure state. Oh, don't be silly, Lulu. Georgia does not want to become a secure state. (laughs) This equipment can be adapted. We can make the changes. We have to keep the pressure on. So I encourage people to keep working on this issue. I know all of your voters have been following this for a long time. All of your listeners have been following this, and we are making a difference. We are getting states like Colorado to come through with the type of protocols we need, and we just need to keep the pressure on. Lulu, let, let me do this. Hang on. Hang on, because I'm running long, long here. So hang on. Let me, uh, I'm going to shake things up a little bit. I'm going to take a quick break, come back with, uh, I, Robin Gibson is a uh, longtime election integrity advocate uh, here on the ground in Los Angeles. She was also at that hearing today. I want to get some thoughts from her, and I know some callers uh, are calling in to 818-985-5735 with some questions about all of this 818-985-KPFK. Uh, if you want to uh, jump in here, Lulu, uh, it, can you stick around for a, a few more minutes, Lulu? I'm here. All right, great. Stand by. Let me take a quick break. We'll come back with Lulu Freistat of SmartElections.us. We'll be joined by Robin Gibson and your calls right here on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Don't touch that dial. What the public hears on the public airwaves matters. At the Bradcast, we do our best to bring you accurate news and analysis on the issues that actually matter, and we do it all independently without corporate or political influence. But we can't do it without you, now more than ever. Please help us stay on your public airwaves by going to bradblog.com donate to help keep us going. That's bradblog.com donate. And thanks. Me 
too. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. We're speaking with Lulu Freistadt of smartelections.us about this disastrous uh, brand new touchscreen, unverifiable touchscreen voting systems that uh, in-person voters will be forced to use by and large this November in Los Angeles County, the nation's largest voting jurisdiction, um, if they uh, choose to vote at the polls instead of uh, using one of the voting, uh, the vote by mail ballots that are being sent to all voters in California. But this system has all kinds of flaws found again and again by security uh, testers. It failed last March in the primaries. Uh, It was supposed to be open source. It is not open source. And it has uh, all kinds of security flaws that exist there. And uh, Secretary Secretary of State Padilla has not yet even certified these systems for use in the general elections. No idea what Plan B would be. But in any event, there was a public comments uh, uh, call, I guess, today uh, where people rang in with their concerns. Lulu Freistad of SmartElections.us, who is still with us here, she was on that call, as was Robin Gibson. She is a longtime election integrity advocate on the ground here in Los Angeles. She has been one of the few people in the county who has been almost as worried about this system as I have been for years. Here's Robin Gibson. Welcome to the broadcast. Are you there? Hi, Brad. Hey. Hi, Lulu. Uh, hey, Robin. How did the um, so you were on that call today? Uh, what was your impression? How did it go? What was the uh, input like from uh, from folks to the Secretary of State's office? If not, apparently the Secretary himself, who I guess was not there. Uh-huh. No, he was not there. Um, I thought that people were very eloquent. There were voters from all walks of life for all different reasons, and whenever anyone finds out the real information about what the voting system is and how it works, they are horrified. And a lot of just regular citizens, voters, got on the phone, Mm -hmm. besides all the election groups, to say, hey, this threatens democracy. Why wasn't this all fixed after February? How can you come back with this system and ask us to vote on it again? And I heard that at the end, I didn't hear him speak, but I heard at the end our registrar got on the call and said and dismissed two hours of of worried voters and said he had tests that said it was fine, <laughs> and it was kind of like, I win. He, na, na, na. he had his Something own secret like tests? That's I, what I heard. I, I haven't heard his actual wording. Lulu, did you hear uh, what he had? To, what uh, Dean Logan had to say? And by the way, let me just put this out there again. My phone number is 818-985-5735. 818-985-KPFK. Dean Logan, I have invited you time and time again to join us on this show. You have refused in recent years where you used to come on uh, with some frequency. If you'd like to come in and tell us how we're completely wrong, feel free. 818-985-KPFK. Otherwise, we'll get to some of uh, your calls, uh, listener uh, questions on all of this. But, Lulu, uh, can you confirm what it was that uh, Dean Logan came in? Were you on the call at the time that he came into it? I did. I listened and I took notes, and I appreciate you bringing that up, Robin. I think it's a great point. His response basically was that this machine has been tested and tested, 
and basically kind of, we have no problem here. This machine is fine. So first off, if, if it's been tested and it still has these major security flaws, then your tests really aren't good. That's not, a test that doesn't right. discover serious security flaws is not a good test. But I want to add to that, one of the callers, Susan Greenhall, um, from uh, Free Speech for People, made a really great point about the testing labs themselves. Mm-hmm. This uh, latest round of tests was done by a lab called SLI. And the thing that people don't always think about about the testing labs is that they are basically clients of the of like in this case, this testing lab SLI is a client of the county. The county is paying that lab, right. and so the testing lab is going to try to come back with results that make the county happy. Mm-hmm. And so there is an, there is a conflict of interest in the way the payments are structured. Mm-hmm. The labs are inherent, like just innately, it's just human behavior. They're going to try to please their client, minimize whatever problems they find. And I actually have spoken with a New York State election commissioner. We use that same lab here in New York, SLI, mm-hmm. to test our voting machines. And this state election commissioner, who I don't want to name, called SLI a whore for the vendors. <laughs> that was the word that he used yep. because they could not trust the results from this testing lab. But I think it speaks for itself that, you know, that the machine still has so many flaws. And the other thing that I want to add to that yeah. is that I thought Logan's strategy was really sneaky, and I, I think he's a very clever strategist. And what he said, basically, the groups are asking for only a conditional certification so that the machine has to come back and get tested again. And he was like, you know what? Every certification is a conditional certification. We're always, we can always come back. So he's sort of like creating the strategy like, yeah, the door's always open. Don't worry about it. Yeah, Robin, and that is yeah. Can I say, hang, hang, hang on, one, one at a time. Let me, Lulu, just finish your thought there quick, quickly, Lulu. That is not comforting. You know, no. that's not my idea of a good security strategy. No, and, uh, you know, we sort of offhandedly refer to these companies as independent testers, but you make an excellent point. They are not independent. They never have been. They are paid by the vendors, by the manufacturers. So, yeah, they have every reason to want to go easy on them. Uh, Robin, you wanted to uh, get in there with a thought. This issue of the tests, which are available right now on the SOS website, I wanted to address this, so I picked a couple small examples. The first testing was done by Freeman, Croft, and McGregor Mm -hmm. last year, Mm -hmm. and it identified more than 40 security flaws. This new test that we have, which is um, by SLI. I want to give some examples here. So we have overvotes, the system finding, the finding. Mm -hmm. If a voter tries to vote for more than the allowable number of candidates, the BMD cancels the first choice Mm -hmm. and records the second without informing the voter of the change. So that was the last mm-hmm. year's test, mm-hmm. and that was against the law. That's a flaw. The new test says, in a vote for one contest, the device will switch to the next picked select- selection without any message being displayed. However, the, the selection is highlighted to show which option is picked. In other words, 
every issue is still there, but SLI thinks that it's just fine the way it is. It is strange that they did not go back to the same testers that tested it the first time to, so that those testers could check and see if, in fact, the things those testers found the first time were still there or if they were corrected or fixed after the well, primary. They're, Apparently they're not. They're yeah. all still there. I yeah. can't say all, as I hadn't, haven't right. read all of this. But can I give you one more example from this new test? Very quickly, i got to get to another break. Uh, Robin, go ahead. QR codes. Um, QR codes. And so the new tester says, by comparing their ballot selection to the codes in the bar QR code, the voter can verify that their votes are correct. In other words, it passed the test because if you have a QR reader, you could translate it. <laughs> in other words, you'd be in line for an hour. Yeah. yeah and, so and, this, and, uh, these tests, yeah. they say that they're... Pa- and it, it finishes by saying no functional flaws were observed. <laughs> no functional yeah. flaws were observed. Like, yeah. yeah, go ahead, Lulu. Yeah. That's a fallacy about voters being able to check because they have a barcode reader, because the barcode reader itself can be hacked at yep. the county level. So you, I don't care yeah. what your phone says, that QR code, it, it, your phone may say that the QR code is exactly who you voted for, yep. but if the county barcode reader gets hacked, it's going to read that QR code however the hacker wants it to read. <laughs> yep. So, you know, that is, no, that is not security, and you have no idea how that QR code is being actually tabulated. Hey, no idea. you guys are fantastic. i got to uh, get to a break. I'm going to let you go and come back with uh, a couple of calls that uh, folks had some questions on all of this at 818-985-5735. I can't thank both of you guys enough for constantly staying on top of this. Robin here in Los Angeles, uh, Lulu Freistat everywhere across the country at this point because all of these systems, a lot of states getting new systems, and they all, many of them have flaws like this uh, and cannot, and, and even when they're not flawed, the voter can't know if they recorded their vote accurately or not, which is incredibly distressing. While everyone is talking about politics and whatever Donald Trump is up to, we need to pay attention to the very mechanics of our voting system. So thank you guys so much for your work. Lulu Freistat, uh, you can find her at smartelections.us and on the Twitters at Lulu Freistat. Uh, Robin, I, don't, I think you're just a citizen activist. I don't know if you have, do you have a, a, a website? citizen voter, and I think we will be emailing and calling our Secretary of State and our supervisors if you're in L.A. We don't want this system certified. And I think we need new testing. Well, I don't know how we pull that off in the next two weeks, but I hear you. Thanks for uh, for raising hell, both of you guys. Hope to talk to uh, you, both Dad. of you guys soon. Thank you, Robin Gibson and Lulu Freistad. Thanks, Lulu. Thank you, Brad. Okay, go get them. Uh, all right, well, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back with your calls at 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman, and this is The Bradcast.
Hey, this is Brad. If you haven't noticed by now, it's no easy feat finding facts, real facts, not alternative facts, over your public airwaves. We try to bring you real facts, truth, and clarity without fear or favor each and every day on the Bradcast. But we need your help to do it, and that help is needed more now than ever. Please stop by bradblog.com donate today. That's bradblog.com donate and thanks. Welcome back. It's your Bradcast, Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. Boy, I had a lot of stuff I had hoped to get to. I guess that's going to have to wait for tomorrow's thrilling Bradcast uh, with uh, some problems uh, voting and some concerns in a whole bunch of other states. And, of course, Donald Trump uh, preventing his director of national intelligence from anymore giving actual intelligence updates on our elections between now and November 2nd. Yes, that's going to stop. The uh, DNI cannot speak to Congress uh, about uh, foreign threats to our elections. I'm sure that's just for our own good, right? Let me get to uh, some questions very quickly here. Vicki, I know you've been holding for a really long time. Thank you, Vicki in South Bay. Welcome to the broadcast. Uh, hi, Brad. Yeah, I, um, I did, after last Monday's um, show, I signed up for ballot tracking. It's great. Good. I, my family and I have been voting by mail for 14 years because we want a paper trail. Mm -hmm. My question is, is the vote by mail scanning system secure and accurate? <sighs> no. <laughs> now, That's what he, he, well, I was afraid of. actually, there's well, there's two parts to that. Uh, remember, people think that uh, they have uh, hand-marked paper ballots with an absentee uh, when they vote absentee, which is true. They do, but now the question of getting it to the county safely and scanned safely, because they do not hand count those ballots. Those also go through optical scan computers, which yes, can be hacked. Yes are often programmed incorrectly, but at least with, with the handmarked paper ballot that you have from absentee voting in this case, uh, at least we know we are looking, if the chain of custody is good, we know we are looking at the actual voter's intent. We don't know that if a computer has printed the ballot. Uh, and, of course, we don't know it when the uh, chain of custody is sort of lost, when it goes into the post office and all of that, which is why... When we're not in a global pandemic, I'm usually opposed to absentee voting unless one actually has to use it. Does that make sense, Vicki? It, it does. My concern, so it's not, um, it's not part of the new system that we, they have. It's the old scanning system that they used before this new system was approved that you were no, they actually railing got, against. Yeah, no, they actually got new scanners with that new system uh, as well. So uh, everything uh, is new. Uh, how much of it works? We don't know, uh, but that's not really the question. The question is how much of, of it is overseeable by the public, right. and that's what we're yeah. fighting for. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, it does. The one thing I do yeah. do, my family and I drive to the county registrar's 
office, mm-hmm. and we, we drop it in that huge, big yellow box right out front. Well done. Drop it in a drop box. Uh, a lot of people uh, would like to do that around the country. Donald Trump and the Republicans are actually suing states to prevent them from using drop boxes. Vicki, I appreciate your call, and thanks again for holding on for an extra long time there today. Uh, let me see if I can get to uh, one or two more very quickly. We'll have to keep them short. Tia in Los Angeles. Hey, Tia, welcome to the broadcast. Hi, Brad. Hi. Um, I'm not going to take up any time. Listen, I think the the, com- the wrong conversation is being had. If we are using voter if voter machines are being used to determine who the president will be for the entire nation, why aren't the same voting machines being used by the entire nation? Why is there privatization? The federal should be paying for this. This is, should be part of the comment. Well, whether the, whether the federal government well whether the federal government is paying for them or not, um, and and whether they're privatized or not. Remember, here in Los Angeles, in theory, this is a publicly owned system that has been created by LA County, but we still cannot oversee it. We're still not allowed to see the source code. We're still use a system that does not allow us to verify and know for a fact that voters voted the way uh, they think they intended to. The reason we have uh, different systems in all 50 states is because of the U.S. Constitution, which allows the states to come up with their own uh, 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 means and manner for holding uh, their elections, Tia. Well, then we need a constitutional amendment, then, don't we? Let's get busy. I appreciate that, Tia. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Do I have time for one or two more? Let me go to Morris. Yes, there we go. Hey, Morris in Long Beach. How are you, Mo? I'm doing fantastic, my brother. Thank you for asking. You know, the National Basketball Association has agreed to open up all of their arenas and vote, uh, polling places. Yep. I think that's wonderful. So, Brad, the next time you're having lunch with Roger Goodell, yep. I need you to suggest to him that they do the same thing, okay? All right. Very good. The, your plan is sound. Uh, thank you, Mo. I appreciate that. Uh, Dean in Fullerton, I'm sorry I'm not able to get to you here because I think we're uh, out of time, but I know he asked uh, let banks handle the voting process, that that would be more secure. Not sure where he gets that idea. Uh, ATMs, by the way, are hacked all the time, and they are different than voting. With an ATM, you can go back tomorrow and make sure that the bank counted your uh, deposit correctly. You can't do that with a secret ballot. That's why they have to be hand-marked. That's why they have to be publicly observable 100% of the way. And that's what we will continue fighting for on this program because someone's got to. All right, that's it. We'll uh, pick up where we left off, I suspect, tomorrow with a bunch more voting stories and whatever other nightmares and hell breaks loose between now and then. Until then, uh, my thanks to my board operator, Federico Garcia, today, my producer, Desi Doyen, my guests, Lulu Freistadt and Robin Gibson, and, of course, to all of the callers and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's show, download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Drop me email, I am bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. We'll see you there until we see you here tomorrow. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.